a day of celebration of our country and a coming together of people who share in our affection and respect for the United States. It is with intention and respect that we release our first Vanderpoint podcast today. Our respect and affection for this country are not blinders to the failures of our system or the pain-laced history of our nation. The hosts of the Vanderpoint podcast, Jessica and Rachel, love our country. When we love something, we take care of it. And in love, we have a responsibility to be critical of where we can and should be better. This can begin with participation in critical conversations and engaging in new solutions. We believe it is patriotic to sacrifice our individual comfort for the Welcome to the Vanderpoint. Please join your hosts, Jessica Vanderkoy and Rachel Pointer, as they challenge each other and have critical conversations about disrupting and dismantling the systems that fuel human trafficking. When I think about like who I am in this space versus other spaces, like I want to believe that I show up as the same person across the board. I know I don't. I know that I can't because I understand just like we were just talking about and like you mentioned like I can't say certain things in some spaces that I would in this space or other spaces but I think that journey that really brought me to the place where I'm like I really want to do this work with you because you're not afraid to say stuff and shake shit up and I'm tired of playing the game and I in the end like with any kind of oppression I think something has to give somewhere. And I think for me, it's like, I can only hold back my authentic self, my true self, the things that I feel like really need to be raised and brought to the forward, um, brought to the forward, brought to the forefront. I can only hold that back for so long before something has to give. And so for me, like walking into this space with you where we can say what we want to say, do what we want to do, um, be able to talk about those things that we are coerced into not saying or saying in a specific way. Like that's a way of me letting that out without it becoming also violent. Right. So kind of like a, almost a therapeutic process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, in my, I say this probably in every circle I'm in, whether it's as a clinician or with my kids or in this space, which shareable is bearable, right? Mm-hmm. So absolutely, when we, can, when we can talk about it, when we can process it from both a feeling side of our brain to a thinking side of our brain, and we can, that's when creativity can come out, when we can actually get honest about what the barriers are and the problems are and be authentic with workable solutions, right? So um I kind of hear you saying that like this process is the like part of your process as an advocate, as a change maker, as um I feel like there's better better terms to describe <laughs> your badassery. My badasseriness. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> that um change maker feels nineteen eighty four. But oh, it really? is it is it it did come up for me. <laughs> I was like <laughs> um <laughs> So I, um, yeah, I appreciate that. I think for me, although you and I have different lived experience, I think actually the process is, is a bit similar in that, mm-hmm. in the work that I've done over the last 20 years, both with the child welfare system and our, the, um, 
gender-based violence and, and human trafficking is we have my frustration always lies in a system that's siloed when we look at responding to the needs of people who've experienced trauma, ineffective response from our systems, barriers that um, exist because of power and control structures, not because mm-hmm. they actually have to be barriers. And I, I feel that I, there is a, there's an anger, there's a, you know, that creeps in. And in this space, being able to just share and process all of these things really for the, the hope that, that we're saying what everyone else was thinking or mm. we're offering new thought to people who haven't had the thought, right? Yeah. And really look at changing how we respond to the needs of people who have experienced human trafficking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the fun part is we're doing this. How long have we been talking about doing this? Oh, God, I don't even know. I feel like it's been like a year at least. Yeah. Um, but before that, even um, being in meetings and collaborations and doing trainings and um, trying to to send our message, our, our, have these critical conversations in spaces mm-hmm. that wouldn't allow us to have these critical conversations. Mm-hmm. So I think that was part of our planning, right? Yeah, I think so. I think I think that we honestly as a society tend to like discount things that lead up to a certain space. And I am a firm believer in everything leads to where you are. Mm-hmm. And so saying, you know, our our friendship, our partnership, our camaraderie, companionship, our relationship through from whenever we met to <laughs> Yeah. All of the work that we've done together up into this space, I feel like all of that is, you know, threads of it yeah, all the way through to now where we are able to be ourselves in this space, mm-hmm. um, to encourage, empower, challenge each other, to be more, more who we actually are yeah, instead of through the filtered lens that everyone else wants to see us as. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's absolutely preparation for this moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of, of preparation, we've had um, some some time to think about our preparation for this first Vanderpoint podcast and the process of how we introduce ourselves and who the hell we are in this space. And yeah. so now here we are. Mics are on. A little bit of pressure, <laughs> and across your fingers that we're both particularly articulate. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think for the most part we're fairly articulate. I think is one of the things people like about us. Yeah, but I mean, you bring up a, a good point that we have done a lot of work in preparation to get to this point, and um, now we're talking. Mm-hmm. We're referencing work we've done outside of this space, and folks may not know who we are to begin with. Yeah. So. Like, who the hell are these ladies talking? Who are you? Something. Who are you, and why did you show up in this space today? Well, I am Jessica Vanderkoy, and I am a colleague of Rachel Pointer, um, which I get to put on, on my credentials, um, as you've taught me so much. We did meet in 2017. Oh, my God. Um, and I remember. So um, that's how long. That's how long it's been. 
um, kind of our collaboration and work together over the last four years. And um, I think probably listeners ask, you know, well, why, um, why are these people about human trafficking? There's lots and lots of podcasts on human trafficking. They kind of take a, um, a different angle than I think we wanted to take. You know, in our introduction, we talk about critical conversations, and um, that's why I'm most excited about this, because we've had these conversations privately. Um, we've expressed our frustrations about how we've worked in systems that don't support our critical conversation kind of development, and that's where solutions come from, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited about this space. I guess um, as kind of a formal introduction, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, um, and have been for 17 years. Um, I've been a social worker and have worked in all sorts of different um, work, all in Nebraska, really, so mostly in the area of child welfare, and then over the last five years in the area of domestic violence and human trafficking. And um, what else is relevant in this space? I'm a mom. I'm a disruptor. If you look at the um, social justice uh, eco map. Um, I like to have hard conversations. I like, for the purpose of progress, I like to make people uncomfortable. Um, but more than that, I think I like to always just sort of be myself, which is kind of twofold, right? It's like I get to say what I'm thinking and and advocate for things to get better, but also balancing that with being in a space and surrounded with people who will tell me when I'm wrong, right? Um, mm -hmm. Tell me when the words that came out of my mouth didn't, I'm missing a piece. And I always appreciate that about you, that I learn every time we talk because you will, you'll say, well, and I think, you know, one of the things we don't want to do or <laughs> I think, um, you know, and I know that that's your language of saying, hey, the way that I came out um, and um, that's that's the sort of the parallel process or the dichotomy of all of this is that's all we want to do in our systems to improve outcomes, um, to improve, um, reduce barriers and increase strengths of people who've been exploited um, so that their people can build a more beautiful life, right, can build yeah. what they want to build. And so that's where the passion comes from um, in those honest and critical conversations. But I know... Um, this format, as far as in a, in a podcast, um, the thing I'm most excited about is we don't have any any real boxes, right? We don't really have any any kind of perceived barriers or walls that say, okay, you can't actually talk like that, <laughs> or you can't actually criticize that system, Um you know. Um, and I, um, we've both been in in circles where we we did. Um, kind of watch our words or, you know, kind of spoon feed something um, which didn't feel authentic on where we were. And there's a real sense of urgency for both of us to make these changes, to acknowledge what's wrong um, and to dismantle the things that don't work and are actually harming people. Um, so I think that's where both of our kind of fire comes from. And then the excitement of being in this space of being able to say, I'm not worried about what the funder says. Mm -hmm. We are funding ourselves. <laughs> you know, I'm not worried about what the CEO says because we're the CEO of of our lives, of our work. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reality is I think there's plenty of people listening that have had that same dynamic at play, right? I think you I think you hit the important pieces like 
who you are in this space, why you showed up to this space. Um, you know, a lot of um, pieces around, like, what are some of the things that we're trying to do here? Yeah. Um, and as always, you're, like, super over-complimentary of me, which I get a kick out of. Oh. <laughs> Really? Yes. Oh my gosh! It comes. It comes so easy. (laughs) Same question to you, uh, Rachel Pointer. You didn't do an introduction, so who are you in the space? I mean, I don't feel like I had to do an introduction because you did it for me. (laughs) No, there's so much about you that I did not mention. Kidding. Oh gosh. So. Formally, um, I am a wife, a mom, a anti-trafficking consultant, resilience coach, author, inspirational speaker, badass. I don't know. Yeah. I do a lot of different kinds of work, but I think in this space, I'm somebody who has experience as someone who has been exploited and also someone who has way too many years of experience working within the system, the response system, primarily with system-impacted children and families in the state of Nebraska. The last nine years, eight years, something Mm -hmm. like that, the last while, um, it has been more trafficking-focused work that I've been doing and have been um, doing more work nationally, so not just in the Nebraska in, in the state of Nebraska, but also like Kansas, Colorado, Iowa, some in D.C. and other random places now in Kentucky. And I forget where else. Nebraska, Iowa, Kentucky. There's somewhere else. South Dakota. South Dakota. That's true. There's that too. Mm-hmm. Um, South Dakota is a good little place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, do, doing a lot more of that um, – work nationally and with survivors who are public leaders, Um, a lot of work with survivors who are not public leaders, um, really developing their leadership and their just kind of mentoring and coaching them in, in how they enter a space and telling them things like, it's okay to have boundaries and um, you can tell people no and, these, you know, so I do, I do a lot of that kind of work. In this space, I am really, and I've said it already, but, like, I'm really looking forward to having these conversations because no one's having them. And we've been trying to have these conversations for so long. Like, I, we're not going to move things forward if we don't really tackle some of these issues that we're going to be tackling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really look forward to to that, like coming into this honestly with my whole self and being able to just say like, hey, from my experience as someone who was victimized in this way, but also my experience as someone who's worked within the system, so seeing how it really works and how it really doesn't actually work, you know, these are some of these are some of the things that I've learned. To me, I think um, the audience that I really want to be reaching with this podcast and the things that we talk about in this podcast are are folks that work within the system. The system doesn't change itself. Mm -hmm. And from my perspective, 
from the work that I've done and what I've been learning more and more about the system, how it was put together, how it is sustained, um, in my opinion, we have to take the whole damn thing apart. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we need to put it together. I think that it needs to come together from the community. So in a completely different way than it was put together. And so the folks that I really am hoping are listening are the folks who are part of the system right now who don't feel like they can do anything differently Mm -hmm. and don't understand how what they are doing is playing into the problems that we're having. Uh, strengthening into systems. and strengthening all of those systems. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, that's really, that's the broader, broader audience. And then also like a sub audience of that, if you want to call it that. <laughs> um, I, I hope that also we're, we're reaching folks who have experience, lived experience in the area of trafficking specifically, but also just violence against the person Um, who are working within the system. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of us. I know sometimes it can be a really weird balance trying Mm -hmm. to walk between, but whether you want it to or not, your experience always shows up with you into Mm -hmm. your space. And so I think partially I want to have some of these conversations so that we can rise up together Mm -hmm. as folks who have experienced violence against ourselves and say we're done doing that Mm -hmm. and and showing that it's possible to say we're done doing it this way Mm -hmm. so i think for me that's that's who i'm hoping to reach Mm -hmm. um what about you same i think um you know in a dream world the other person who's listening is the person who holds the power in these structures who maybe understands the layers of money, oppressive policy, and power that has existed for hundreds and hundreds of years in this country that has actually woven the the fabric to create this crime and sustain it mm. and make people rich and hurt a lot of people. Um, so I really hope that there are there are folks, whether it's you know, CEOs in in nonprofits or it's law enforcement or it's a governor or it's these people who are in, in our current system before it's dismantled who have the power to look at the problem differently um, and to really own what role we have played as a country in strengthening and sustaining this crime, but also acting like a fucking trafficker. Right. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like nobody wants to put trafficker after their name, but the reality is we have high paid people um, or well paid people with good pensions and good, you know, good retirement plans and all sorts of things who in their actions, in their language, in their decision making are actually behaving just like a trafficker, someone who exploits someone else. And I think there's people out there that if they knew more if they could see the parallels that maybe, just maybe, um, they would use their power and their privilege mm-hmm. to to dismantle some of the shit with us. That's that I hope we're we're you know pushing buttons in right places um, because the reality is change doesn't happen unless you're uncomfortable. 
Yes. Right. Um, and, and so I do hope that that's part of the audience. I think the other group that you didn't mention that I think of, I call them, <laughs> I call them white lady do-gooders um, <laughs> who are uh, potentially well-intentioned, which we know that um, intention is less important than impact, um, mm. who have decided that the crime of trafficking is so horrific that they want to use their resources to um, help someone who has been impacted um, and kind of take on a white savior role and who really are, are their power and their resources could be really effective at helping and working with us to dismantle these systems. Um, and they're using their power and their resources in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And I hope that's part of our listening audience that they go, wait a second, you know, I have power and I have resources and I really care about this population. I didn't know I was misusing it. Yeah. I didn't know that there's a better way for me to look to a future, envision a future where we don't have the crime of trafficking. Mm -hmm. What can I do? Get me on this train, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's the other person that I feel like needs to be made aware um, yeah. and join in in the conversation. Yeah. I'm down with all of that. A lot of times the white lady do-gooders don't actually like me if they hear me talk. So we may have to have a conversation about how we're going to make sure that the white lady do-gooders are listening yeah. <laughs> because they don't usually like what I have to say. <laughs> we're going to have to do some special marketing. I mean, the yeah. reality is I think, I think you're right. I think, I do think there are a handful of white lady do-gooders who want to do something more meaningful and don't know how. Mm -hmm. um, they have allowed oh, yeah. their fear of getting it wrong, get in the way of doing it right. They have, you know, allowed their fear of using their privilege and challenging things and been ineffective, right? Yeah. Um, and then, honestly, if you go back to core beliefs, it's not good enough feeling that I need to raise my my or elevate my position in, in the community or amongst my friends. So I need to tell at the Christmas party that I quote unquote saved 40 children this year um, to feel good about the life I'm living. I mean, that's a reality, yeah, right? For sure. So I don't, I don't like writing anyone off. I know there's people that won't enjoy this space. For sure. <laughs> um, I, I and, don't think the people that I want to hear what we have to say will enjoy it necessarily. <laughs> But that doesn't make it less important or, like, discount that we are talking to them. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's another distinction. Something that you brought up just now, um, I felt like it's probably important for us to clarify that we are both white women. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be important as we have these conversations um, for a lot of different reasons. But one of them being that um, our whiteness and our white womanness has shaped a lot of the things that we have to unlearn. Mm -hmm. And and just recognizing, like, for myself, I, coming into these spaces and saying, okay, we want to dismantle all these things. We want these things to come apart so that we can do this work in a way that really honors people and, and changes the outcomes, like recognizing that entire systems of education, the careers mm -hmm. that we've had mm -hmm. have been, you know, built and very much sustained in a white supremacist way mm -hmm. where the nice white lady 
has been the beneficiary of a lot of the change that has been made mm-hmm. um, and has also done a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. And so I, for me, I think it's really important that folks know that, that these are some of the things that we're wrestling with Yeah, um, and understanding that we have work to do. Absolutely. And I, um, I appreciate that you mentioned that because I, I do still like the term white lady do-gooder, yeah. <laughs> white lady, um, because I think it says a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so really appreciate that. Um, so my, my comment isn't to say there's an other, right? <laughs> um, but that I feel free to use that because I know the characteristics of that and I'm actively working um, to, to not be the white lady do-gooder, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and having to acknowledge in the work, you know, that you and I have done over the last, you know, year and a half has been, you know, by, by the benefit of, of the things that I have had based on um, our system and my skin color, which I know I have benefited from, um, I have done harm. Yeah. I know, you know, I know yeah. I have, we have, we, um, and, um, and wrestling with that, owning that. Um, and I think where we've left off is um, we don't necessarily need to go through and, and kind of, you know, journal it. Um, we have to decide that moving forward, that's not who we are. Mm-hmm. And how, who do we need in our lives? What conversations do we need to have? What do we need to learn? Um, so that we can confidently know and go forward that we're different, right? Um, That we are um, intentionally making decisions to, to dismantle systems that have hurt Mm -hmm. people that we have been a part of and benefited from. Thank you for witnessing today's conversation on the Vanderpoint. Jessica and Rachel hope you will join them next time as they continue engaging in this critical work. 